just put this here and now after all of our crazy nonsense episodes this is our nice dinner with Andre episode yeah, nice the Joel and McNally squid pod exo crossover whatever the fuck I don't think we've done a just you and me show uh, well we did the one well, squid we pod but that was at Imperial yeah. so it didn't really count yeah. hi thank you um, can we get shrimp and lobster sauce okay. and uh, sizzling chili chicken okay. and choy sam I think that's it thank you thank you so yeah, to recap, we just had one crazy ass night at the Imperial. Uh, just total nonsense night. Tons and tons of people. I think it'll be fine. It'll be kind of a funny, weird episode. But this will be our chill out episode after. Well, it was funny because you and I both like stepped away from it for most of it. Yeah, there was enough people. It was like, hey, yeah. I don't need me yeah. squeezing but in here. It was interesting watching our show. You know, without us, basically. It was, it was yep. kind of cool. I was just saying that to somebody the other day, how I guess I'm the only person who's been on every single one just because I own the recorder. But I was like, yeah. it'd be interesting to hear what one sounds like without me sometime. I mean, this was kind of like that. Oh, God, I had this. Okay. Amazing okay. idea, I okay. think. All right. Uh, I'm living with Craig now. Everything's super great. He's got Netflix, and it's a lot of... Uh, just sitting around on the couch and they're high and I may or may not be drunk and we're just watching shit on Netflix so the other day uh, Revenge of the Nerds Mike came over too we were watching that I haven't seen it in years and I really think for a reboot they could make Revenge of the Jocks because nerds are on top now and they're totally. still insufferable assholes and you could have like like a Dawson's Creek or Friday Night Lights like a, a likable jock cast that's just getting shit on by the nerds. I think that would be hilarious to do Revenge of the Jocks. Well, would you identify yourself at this point, being 30, as a, as a nerd still? I, I think so, but just, you know, I, I always used to, I feel like I used to lie to myself, because like I worked at the comic store, but I'm like, hey, I don't hang out at the comic store all day. Yeah. I work here. I have to be here. And I did always have one foot kind of in both sides, but uh, you know, like I had uh, one of my best friends in junior high was like the football guy but but at the same time if you have your foot in both it doesn't balance you know <laughs> if you're half nerd and half not nerd you're nerd like you just are yeah yeah well I kind of feel the same way because I think like for me I always felt like I had my foot in both camps but I didn't Although I feel like you probably had a lot more in the style front. Like, I think you probably yeah. were less in the nerd side than I was. Like, I was sort of, if anything, I don't know, like, I used to wear turtlenecks and shit. I just, almost like you're... And my friend Jesse. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like, just trying to be, like, aggressively, like, reasons to make people treat me like uh, an outcast, you know. I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> but it seemed important but, at the time. But it's one of those things, it's like, well, I mean... Even for me, like, like, thank God grunge happened when I was a teenager because that was something I could latch onto. It was a thing, you know, it, and it was a big enough thing that uh, it was kind of okay, you know, like you could wear. Oh, cheers. Thank, thank you. you. You could wear eight kinds of plaid. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Great, thanks. You want, you want a fork? Uh, no, thank you. No. Cheers. Okay. Thanks. This is how hardcore we are. Not only do we get That's chopsticks, right. we gave back the forks. We no going back now, man. No way. Forks are for senior citizens. Man, uh, but that uh, the grunge thing, like, that reminds me of, uh, I was listening to uh, Tell Him Steve Dave, not to be confused with the Steve Dave reality tour. <laughs> and, uh, and those guys are like in their 40s. They were talking about if you could go back to any particular time, when would it be? And to them it was like... I think they said like 1977 and 78 like if you could just live those in a yeah. loop just because how old they were but for me it would be like 90 
I don't know, either 92 to 93 or 93 to 94. But it's just because that's how you just, whenever you were 13, basically, or 14, and you were starting to get into stuff, that's when well, everybody wants to go back And the back funny to. thing is, like, uh, like living through, like, being a teenager at that time, so there's no fucking way I would go back to it. Like, <laughs> I, not, no. like I hate people who are like, oh, Kurt Cobain and blah, blah, blah. It's like, to me, it's like, yeah, but, like, do you remember how frustrating life was? Because, like, everybody was so angst-ridden and, like... And then, like, the, I don't know. I remember when uh, Kurt Cobain died. I was in ninth grade. And uh, there was this one chick named Cheryl that I always kind of flirted with in school, but I never never went anywhere. But uh, I just remember, for whatever dumb reason, I was like... My plan was to go into school that Monday and just be all, you know, melodramatic and angsty about it. And maybe, I don't know, just get some dumb sympathy from from Cheryl for nothing for Kurt Cobain dying but yeah I could I only kept it up for like within two hours I was just making jokes again and stuff Mm -hmm. because it's like who can do this like why (laughs) well like it was funny because when I found out I'd like I totally remember this because I was living at my dad's house it was like um, my, my parents split and it was like it was like I my first week at my dad's house and um and it was a weird environment, and, and my dad was very hands-off as a parent, so it was like it was almost like living on my own at like seventeen kind of thing. Right. So yeah, I'm living at my dad's house, and like I find out that uh, Kurt Cobain dies, and I'm like I'm at Subway when I find this out. Thank you. Oh, I didn't hear that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That'd be awesome. I can't even breathe. It's so awesome. That's what I love about podcasting out in the world, right? Mm-hmm. Just the sounds and the noises, even when it's a mess. It's just, it's awesome. I've definitely, like, honestly, since podcasting with you guys, it's been, like, it's been great just to realize that who gives a shit? You yeah. know, like, it, it, it's about the experience and not the audio quality. I was just telling that to Scarborough dude today, to get off topic briefly, is, um, yeah, because he was, uh, you know, questioning the direction of Vinyl Countdown and could it grow and could it be blah, 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 whatever. But I just, uh, I think also, I think this is, we've talked about this before, but I think the other dudes in some ways are more jazzed that it's a podcast where for us it's still awesome that we, people listen and we get letters, but we already got podcasts and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, it really is about hanging out and the podcast just happens. It's just the... To me, that's the main thing about the podcast is that we got to keep putting it out and have a website mm-hmm. to give ourselves enough structure to keep hanging out together. But hanging out is all I give a fuck about. I don't give a shit totally. about the podcast, really. Do you, do you think that uh, Vinyl Countdown has shaped the way you do things with XO? I haven't really done much with XO lately. I don't think it's had time to, really. I feel the same way about SquidPod because I, I haven't done much with SquidPod. Like... Yeah. like Occasionally, Jen and I are not tired enough to do an episode, and uh, we'll crank one out, and, like, between you and I and nobody else, I'll edit it at work. You know, like, I I don't know, I'm pretty lucky at my job. It's like, um, when I'm busy, I'm really, really busy. But when I'm slow, it's so dead that I can fucking edit a podcast and tell people that I'm coming up for with creative for whatever. Right. And they don't understand what I do, so they just buy it. Right? <laughs> yeah, so I just think we, we never finished up, so... Oh, sorry. Kurt Cobain uh, died. 
Kurt Cobain dies. Kind of on your own. Sort and of. I thought to myself, it's over. I'm done. What, your whole life? You're going to. No, just, just <laughs> you know, this. I'll never be happy again. It was. It wasn't so much that. It was like, the scene is done. I'm done. I like I was no longer interested in grunge. I wasn't interested in musicians. I mean, like when it was called grunge, I fucking hated that term and I thought it was bullshit. But at the same point, now as a 35-year-old, there's no other term for it, you know. But that was really good because I think um, I think Weezer's album came out shortly after that. Um, I think Beck's first album came out around that time. Man, just last night I found uh, this girl. No, it was earlier today. You know, I was posting Eric's Trip videos. This chick. Oh, yeah. Did, she did a little uh, an acoustic cover of an Eric Trip song. And then it was amazing, like, looking through the list of songs that she also covered were just all songs I loved, like... Uh, that song Beck put out right after Loser, uh, Pay No um, Mind. Pay No Mind, yeah. Fuck, man, I love that song. I forget how good it is. And just to hear like some girl on YouTube doing an acoustic cover, there's something so great about that. It's just, I love it. I love that shit. You know, it's it, it, it's funny because I don't think a lot of people, like, like Beck has been like the staple for a lot of younger people, but I don't think anyone realizes what Beck actually did. You know, like, he really... He really kind of said fuck you to the music industry and kind of made it okay for, like, just to be a musician again. And he's one of those dudes, like, I just so thought he would be a one-hit wonder. Like, I remember when Loser came out, that's the first I heard of him. And uh, me and my friend Tim in ninth grade again, he's like, you've heard this song? It's fucking hilarious. I'm a loser. Why don't you kill me? And we're like, ah, that's funny, but it'll be gone. And then he never went away, and he just kept being awesome. And I was like, wow. To a lesser extent, Eminem was like that, too. It's just mm-hmm. like, this guy's a one-hit wonder for sure. He wasn't. It's weird when that happens. What's funny is I heard the um, the Loser single before I heard the, the full Loser album, or uh, Mellow Gold. And the Loser single has all these, like, hip-hop tracks, for, for lack of a better term. And that's what sold me on back, was that he was rapping. Right. It was like, holy shit. Like and and he he fucked with like the grunge thing. He fucked with the rap thing. He fucked with like all these like sacred cows at the time, and just you know kind of basically said, you know, music is music. And it, it I don't know. I, like I don't want to make it sound more important than it is, but it, in a lot of ways, it, it like it kind of took the douchebaggery out of music right. a little bit. Man, you know it's another thing. I mean, my view of the. Uh the whole grunge thing was different because I got way more of the, the you know, the packaged version because that's exactly when I really started getting into music was I pretty much went Weird Al, Guns N' Roses, Use Your Illusion 2, and mm-hmm. then, like, the whole Pearl Jam Nirvana, Soundgarden, all that was when I actually started listening to stuff and finding things on my own. But the whole thing was so quick, especially for me because I came in, you know, like, 92, and by 94 it was pretty much over when Kurt yeah. Cobain was dead. But to me, there's so much, so many albums I listen to and so much going on in there. And just think how many times that's happened since. Like, there's all kinds of kids who between 14 and 16 were into whatever, My Chemical Romance or who knows whatever the fuck, some shit that we didn't even pay attention to. And that's what our shit was like to, like, grown-ups 
in the 90s. They totally. didn't notice. They didn't care. <laughs> like the top albums of the 90s, there's like, it's Shania Twain and Garth Brooks. <laughs> it's not the shit we listen to. Like well, the top selling. And again, going back to the flashback at living at my dad's house, uh, Sloan's Twice Removed came out. Right. And I love that album. Like it, it is was a, super good. I was about that album at the time. And it came on uh, much music. And it basically told my dad and my, my stepmom, shh, shut up. Was it Coax Me or People of This Guy? It was Coax Me. Nice. Right. You know. And I said, shut up. Sloan's on. And my dad's like, ah, oh, it's the fucking Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, and, you know, yeah, yeah he was right on a, on a level, but at the same point, it was like, but you don't understand. It's like everything was loud and sonic, and fucking Coax Me comes out, and it's this soft, jangly pop song. Like, to my ears, nothing had been like that, you know? Like, it, that, that was like a totally new frontier, you know? Yeah, maybe it was Beatlesque, but... Yeah, I'm sure it was, but, yeah, fuck it, I don't know, like... I definitely have no sacred cows. Like, even if, uh, you know, every story is still the same formula as Shakespeare or whatever, you mm-hmm. know, I, that's fine. I, you know, things have to move on. you got to have the new version of stuff. Even if I'm just listening to the new Beatles, it's, just, it's, it's fine. It's how old I am. It's, it makes sense. I don't know. Well, I don't know. Dude, like, people you meet make you sad. <laughs> I, 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 this is a really weird question, but I would say no. But maybe you'll convince me that I'm not thinking <laughs> that, I, that they do. I don't know. Maybe, well, maybe I don't know quite what you're talking about. Picard's younger than all of us, right? Mm-hmm. And he, he has a lot of friends that are into social media. They do make me a little sad. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> they, they, like, um, I'm not going to name name names, but uh, we met a few of them. Because, I mean, I guess part of me is like, this is, these are the prototype people for Jack. You know, like, the, these are going to be the people that, and maybe not, but um, but on some level, they're kind of his people. Yeah, maybe by the time Jack gets older, it'll be like Mad Max world. <laughs> you know? That's true. I should, I should really practice fighting with him now. <laughs> Just in case, yeah. Yeah. Every time I see these, like, street kids walking their dogs around Toronto, I think of Fallout 3. Like, they're ready for that. They wouldn't even notice. Well, they guess they would because they beg all day. But what the fuck is that about, by the way? Like, like... At first, well, my cynical take on it when I started seeing that in Vancouver was just that they're just doing it to, uh, you know, garner sympathy and get more money. But I think it probably is just companionship, really. It's probably a lot more fun to be on the street with a dog. Well, this part of it, same story uh, in Vancouver, the first kind of like homeless skid kid with a dog I met, you know, was giving me this whole pitch about the dog and blah, 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 giving me money. So I went into the Shoppers Drug Mart and I bought a can of dog food right. and gave it to the, the, the skid and he was like, he's kind of pissed off. <laughs> and I did that. Well, I'm like, you just finished pitching me on how, you know, your dog can't eat. Now you're docking. <laughs> Fuck you. Well, I guess, yeah, I should mention, I definitely, they're definitely not real homeless, not like a crazy man homeless no. who can never get a shit together. But if you're going to be a bullshit, half-fake street kid, I don't know, might as well have a dog. I'd probably have a dog if I, I was going to do yeah. that. But yeah, it's definitely largely just urban camping for these fucks. Well, I mean, like, like my friends in high school, like, uh, you know, being the grungy alternative cat that I was back in the day, um, I had some friends who were like, 
thought panhandling was the best. They just thought it was like the coolest thing. But the funny thing about it is they were also like straight edge, right? So, um, you know, they lived in these hovels where like, you know, they knew that junkies lived there. I remember one story, like my friend Keith, he was living in this like fucking shithole. And he got a knock on the door from his neighbor saying, can I borrow a spoon? You know, obviously to cook drugs in. And he's like, yeah, no problem. Hands him a plastic spoon. <laughs> Knowing full well that it was going to be used for drugs. But yeah. So uh, speaking of, uh, it's a little bit related, I guess, to just like social media douchebags and stuff. But this seems like so simple and so obvious. I don't know why I didn't think of it earlier, but I think I cracked the code on hipsterism. Okay. So take Exhibit A, mm-hmm. my silly hat that I mm-hmm. got at Kensington Market, my pinstripe hat like an old person might wear. It's a good hat. Well, I, I like it, but it, I still, it fits a little better now that I live in Parkdale. Yeah. But when I put on this hat and I walk down the street, I do feel like a douche at first, because normal, every day, you know, your, your 45-year-old housewife who watches me walk by is just like, you know, it's, she doesn't care, but if she cared at all, it would be like, what the fuck? Who is this douchebag? Look at this jerk-off kid. However, that only lasts until I walk by a girl of my approximate age, and just that they give you that second look, just because you look different in some way, mm-hmm. totally obliterates any social stigma you feel from normal people. And I think you just amp that up, and there you go. You got hipsters, you got hippies, you got disco kids, you got every dumb thing that ever happened. Absolutely. And that's all it is. I don't know how I never figured that out before. No, I, I mean, it's the same, like, you know, I'm not sure if it's actually made it onto a podcast, because I think it was, I, I mentioned it in one of the Lost episodes, but, uh, but yeah, my whole wearing a suit for, for years. It's like, I got attention, I got looks, and that's all it is, you know? Yeah, and it was amazing, like, just how much, how quickly any weird feelings I had just evaporated totally. <laughs> I was like, fuck yeah, that's right, ladies, I got a weird hat. Take a look. Yep, there you go. Well, it's funny, even uh, Kim Kaboon tonight was, you know, talking about uh, her cousin, gentleman. <laughs> right. You know, like her, the first thing she said is he had cool sunglasses. Right. You know, like uh, a fucking affectation can go a long way. You know? You know what I was thinking? Uh, I don't think it'll ever go anywhere, but uh, Ben from London, last time he was here, mm-hmm. he was like, dude, you gotta get a tattoo. I'll pay for the tattoo. I'll come down to London. I'll drive you to London. Let's do it. Get a tattoo. And when I was drunk, I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, let's do that. I'll get an XO tattoo or something. But then the next day, I was like, ah, just, I don't know, a tattoo. It just isn't, isn't me. But I would get, see, what I would get, I just don't know where you could get this done. I just don't think a tattoo is hardcore enough. Because okay. if I'm only going to get one thing, I don't know, like, I, like that, the thing they do on, like, weird islands and stuff, like, old tribal stuff, where they would just take, like, a chisel, kind of, and chisel soot under the skin, and that's right. how they used yeah, to do yeah, stuff. Yeah. I would get something like that for sure, but how do you even get that? I think that'd be awesome. Like, I want it to really be fucked up. I want it to hurt. I want it to look weird and gross after. I mean, I mean, you could, you could, um, uh, there are tattoo artists who do it. Um, traditional Japanese style with the bamboo. No, maybe that's maybe that's what I'm looking. That's what maybe that's what I need. Yeah. Or maybe I just don't need anything. But no, I don't know. I don't know. I, like for the first time ever, I was thinking about getting a tattoo, and, and like Jen and I were gonna get like a jet airplane tattooed on us. Ah, for, of course, for, for your baby jet, Emperor exactly. Jet. And that's you know what's funny is like there's there's. I mean, I still don't know if I would do it, but. My problem with 
tattoos has always been there's been no idea that I can get behind forever you know right well this guy Al that I met um, Ben's friend who was on podcast a few episodes ago the one with uh, with, with, with Jenny I, yeah. uh, I just heard that one today actually so. what he told me later in that night we went to see the Matadors the like rockabilly band we were at the fucking bovine sex club we were just surrounded by cool looking people basically and he was pitching that same thing where he's in his late 20s and he's like yeah of course you get tattoos and they're gonna 10 years from now you're gonna think they're dumb he had tons of tattoos all over one arm but not on the other arm and his theory I, mean, I thought this was pretty cool is he's like that's not the point of them it's that every tattoo on his arm he remembers why he got it for some reason it might not even be a good reason but it's just like he remembers that day and that's why there's none on one of his arms because arm number one is his 20s arm number two is his 30s and it'll just be you can just like like a dumb weird diary sort of and it's like that's kind of cool yeah but at the same point like in a lot of ways you already have that yeah, that's true, too. You know, like, you, you have this, uh, like, podcast version of that. And I live half my life in a nostalgic haze, so, I mean, it's not like I really need tattoos to remind me. And I don't even know, like, yeah, like an XO tattoo, I don't know, I just, I can't think of anything else. So that's where I'm thinking maybe the medium could be the message where if I just got a fucking crazy tattoo. But I don't even want to get, like, like a branding, like, into my gut, because even that... It wasn't like a real branding. It wasn't like it was all just cauterizing guns and scalpels. It was too, too, too clean, too easy. Um, I don't know. I, in a lot of ways, I think not having a tattoo is the new tattoo. Yeah, I was thinking that too. Really, you so. know, like. Well, I guess that's. I kind of feel like yeah, I'd be faking it. You know, like every once in a while, I would see in Vancouver like kids with like mohawks and stuff, but who were basically me, like skinny and just a little too awkward and just not pulling it off like they were hoping the mohawk would make them cool when you gotta be cool first and then the mohawk is just an extension of your coolness like it's not gonna push you ahead and I was always like I'd always be wary when I saw like those dudes I would remember that because I'm like that would be me if I ever get all crazy and decide I'm gonna get a mohawk and try to be a punk I would look like that guy like I just would be an imposter a little bit because it's really not who I am and yeah tattoos are kind of similar I guess is I'm just maybe I'm just not a tattoo guy so why do that what's funny is it's 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 sort of the Andy Warhol thing in a lot of ways it's like at a certain point you realize everybody gets old and then you're judged on being old so you just look old forever and that's kind of cool and in and that sort of thing and then the other thing I'm thinking is when we're in the senior centers you know when we're old old men and Everybody in the fucking senior center has these saggy sleeves of, of you know, yeah. tattoos. I don't know. Yeah, that's like, I do remember, like, that was a thing, you know, about ten years ago, we'd start seeing, like, first grade teachers with tramp stamps. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. getting a little silly. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Like, tattoos have kind of hit critical mass, so I guess that's the thing. I would have to take that Al guy's, like, view of it. I'd have to just all the way with it, like, fuck it. Like, I'm not going to try to pretend these are extremely meaningful. They're just kind of a cool thing. Because, yeah, they're just, they're not, and they can't be. I, 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 like, to me, I kind of think if you don't already have tattoos, and, like, I, I have a lot of friends who have really fucking cool tattoos. Right. But if you don't already have one, why? No. Like, why go and do that now? Like, there's almost, like, to me, there's no point. I did like to, like, the way Ben pitched it. Because that would be, like, a fun day. 
Like, I'll drive down, we're going to go to London, road trip, tattoo. But, yeah, once I sobered up, it was like, I don't know, maybe not. And if I got to think it through this much, then I probably don't need one. Yeah, so Skyboard, you'd probably love the shit out of this episode, right? We're expanding... We're expanding the crap out of Vinyl Countdown now. This is exactly what he wanted. Like, let's get let's get deeper into the individual personalities. I, I, I hate this shit. I hate thinking about what we do. No, yep. you know, like, like you, like I'm, I, I was listening to Squid Pod because it had been a while since we had done one, and I was listening to it objectively. And it's not smart. It's just like, it's just not as blatantly jokey. I do sometimes. It is weird how tone, right? Like, a lot of times there'll be a joke that someone will pitch on Vinyl Countdown that I think would work great on Squid Pod, but mm-hmm. it's just like we've fucking nitroed everything up too much. <laughs> so, that it won't work. Yeah, so a clever joke isn't enough. It's gotta involve, like, oh, I was thinking when you were talking to the Steve Dave Reality Tour guys about if you could have an infinite amount of any one item that didn't wasn't wasn't wealth of any kind. Mm-hmm. My first thought was a never-ending bucket of diarrhea, but I was like, too easy. I always do that. My second one is like, what if you had a bucket of fleas that would never end? You could just pour a giant, just bucket full, a stream of fleas anywhere and on any one. Like that would be fucking awesome. <laughs> and then, you know, like, I would ask, why would you want to do that? And I don't know. I don't even know what I would do with it. Realistically, it's not very useful, but it would be an amazing, amazing thing, though. Yeah, it's got no practical use at all. If anything, it would be a huge pain. Like, eventually, you'd be like, you have to put it on lockdown. No one tip over the infinite bucket of fleas because this is not going to help the world in any way. I think mine would be, like, an infinite bucket of um, plumbing pipes. <laughs> I don't know why, but you could make things from it. Uh-huh. You you could route liquid through it. You know, like if you became a plumber, would you tell people you had this, or would you just be the secret best plumber ever? No, I would probably be the secret best plumber ever. No, 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 no. no. I would tell people. <laughs> I, I I wouldn't be able to help it. I'd be like, okay. Just between you and I. But I have all the elbow joints in the world. What do you need? Straight pipes? Got them. S pipes? Got those? No problem. Yeah, we're not good at this, are we? No. <laughs> you can make a series of pipes that I can pour my fleas into. <laughs> exactly. This is the worst. Yeah, terrible. If we were on an island together, this this would be no good. <laughs> I mean, this is like, were you there when I was talking about the show me and Craig came up with yesterday? I can't remember who was at the table because there's so many people there tonight, but we were there just sitting on the... Sitting on the couches, just laying there, talking about food and recipes and things we could make and how delicious it would be. And I was like, that would make the best cooking show. Just these two stoners who just talk about how good food would be, but they never make anything. And then while we were talking about that, Craig was like, this is reminding me because we have no follow-through with our buckets. And we weren't high at all, but it would make more sense if we were. It's like, I feel like people are just not doing enough with popsicles. And I thought about it for a second, and I couldn't think of a single place for that to go. So I had to call him on it. I'm like, what the hell do you mean? What does that mean? And oh, he that's amazing. He couldn't think of anything either. He has no idea. Just People are not doing enough <laughs> things with popsicles. No, he's right. <laughs> well, the only thing we eventually came up with is like those popsicles, those fancy ones that are made of like... Um, fruit, like real fruit, kind of pureed, right. is uh, vegetable versions, but then it'd be like, yeah, I know, like turnip, <laughs> turnip pops and stuff, it'd be horrible. But what else can you possibly do with a fucking popsicle? Oh my god, that, you know what, actually, that would make such a good premise for like a, 
like a, a, a video show is the two of you come with a, come up with a like bullshit idea <laughs> and then two cooks try and cook it you know? like, <laughs> that would be nice this is the stupidest thing ever that'd be good do you need to Mike says so much drama made the wrong choice oh wow oh yeah so maybe we didn't totally explain so the, the gang was all together but after we left the Imperial uh, Katie Kaboom wanted to go to uh, karaoke with Ray Ray Noof and yeah I don't know I'm just like I don't know it's karaoke I'm kind of done with it and I was starving so me and Joel got food and they all went there so I guess we'll hear later yeah uh, this happens quite a bit where we split up and do two different things. I wish we had two recorders and then it could be like a true short adventure podcast. I know. That'd be awesome. Well, this happened that same night when I was talking to Al at the Bowen Sex Club about tattoos. That was when Picard and Mike and uh, and Codename Jay were down the street at a different place having all this weird, like, can we shock ourselves into having a threesome thing? <laughs> so we both, in different ways, did you not hear about this? No! Oh my god. I think it's okay I talk about this. I'll sell Oscar, but... Yeah, so we were all just going to go see this band, and then we get inside, and it was just me, Ben, Al, and uh, Preston Buttons came with us. But we walked in, like, just as they started. Perfect timing, had a great time, drank, watched a band. Yeah, and they, they, those three never came in, and we got a text, like, we're at this place down the street. Tell us when you're done. And yeah, basically, Picard, of course, in his super aggressive manner, where which never works. Come on, John. no, it, it never fucking works. <laughs> and you know what? Like honestly, like I love Picard, but like it's like why doesn't anyone blow me? I asked eighty oh times for God. someone to blow me. Like, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, Codename Jay, like we talked about her divorce and stuff. You know, things are going down for her. She's in Toronto. She's drinking. She's hanging out with us, and she knows us sort of, kind of. You know, we're like friends. So I think, you know, there were it was in the air that like, hey, you never know. Maybe we could fool around something. We talked on the show that day about how like blowjobs and fucking tits doesn't count as sex, you know, like which is fucked up. They're like, like I hearing know, right? that, I was just like. But then, on the other hand, I also don't count sex unless it's penetration, right? So, yeah, I mean, it's one. I guess there's, there's certain sides to it, yeah. but. But I think yeah, they just took it too far. Like, how would fucking my tits? How could that possibly count as sex? <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's a little much. It counts maybe somewhat a little bit. I think you could see why. Anyway, yeah. So of course I wasn't privy to this whole conversation, but yeah, I don't know. It was like the the suggestion was thrown out. So Mike kind of clamped down a little because he just really wasn't too comfortable with the whole thing. With, you know, seeing Picard's dick. But, and Picard was like, we can do this, let's do it. Logistics, got a hotel, we can go to this thing, we can get it all done, ba 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 let's do this. So, the two sides of the spectrum, and nothing happened. <laughs> but it was interesting to hear about after. Oh man, that was good. Well, I think we made the right choice also. Absolutely. I don't, I don't know what their, their fucking, whatever their fucking shit was, but <laughs> drama. Yeah, whatever. Alright, should we call it? I guess so. Bitch cake. Good <laughs> bitch cake, something, something. <laughs>
FinalCountdown.ca